At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. No, I, yeah, stage, because oh, this took a minute to formulate. We were just talking about Republicans defunding mental health because of the gun violence, right? But that also affects people that have mental health issues that affect their daily lives. That guy that's depressed because he's divorced and alone, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. that guy's not able to get the mental health help he needs either. Salam like I, I, I had what a mental health issue the world. I went well, to I've the admit, psychiatrist like what and everybody should the have world. that access. We are the music makers and they just don't. The, they don't. the average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think, feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you're going to figure out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 157 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. I've been been lucky to have access to mental health care during this time it's telehealth and of course you know a lot of people are like well it's 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 going to be it's not going to be the same as being there in person i would argue that it was no different for me because i've been i've been through therapy multiple times before so for me all of those times before i have you know probably a good you know six different rounds of therapy that I've been through in person. This is round number seven because I, there were things that I needed to work on that I just had not worked on. And in that time, I love you, Jeffrey in that time doing this online. And you can even ask Debbie, if Debbie were awake, they would totally be able to attest in my time of doing online therapy. I've, become more open i have become i have i've i've had more room to process emotions i have been more communicative so the idea that 
the idea that it doesn't work at all is, I'm sorry, bogus, number one. Mm -hmm. The idea that it's so drastically different that it can't be effective is also bogus, number two. But number three, we also have to realize, too, that what works for me doesn't work for you, doesn't work for another person in the room. Right. You know, for you, maybe online therapy would work great because as someone with disability, it's very difficult to get to a place where you can go uh... <laughs> face to face. <laughs> Sorry, Debbie's making faces at me. That's cool. I sent her a message, by the way. So uh... nice. But, but, uh, you know, for you, you know, online therapy might work great as someone who struggles to get to an appointment. Sure. You know, the time that you spend getting to an appointment is now freed up for you to do other things because you mm -hmm. could do it online. But there's also the realization that maybe you need to be in person and that is how it works best for you. Maybe. Fantastic. You know, everybody is going to have their own experiences with mental health and mm -hmm that experience is important you know finding what works for you it's, you also can't be afraid to fire your doctor <laughs> if it's not True. working for you but there's a basis there's a basis to mental health and this comes from my brother-in-law he was so angry and i i told him you just need to find a mountaintop to yell off of and you need to do that until you're done yelling and then come back. You know what I mean? Because there's a basis to therapy that is, I'm going to get all of this off my chest and give it to somebody else. And then they're going to, they're going to pack it back in me in a way that fits like, you know, like a, like a cluttered closet. You, you're, you're good. You got everything you need. It's just not in the right order and it's bulging out, but somebody can help you with that. So that's the basis for me. And then I think what's even more important is people should have more easier access to mental health than guns. And then that's the even the balance that we need. Cause if somebody could just call a doctor and say, I'm going to go fucking get a gun and kill people, that doctor could be like, Whoa, 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 let's talk about this instead of, I can't talk to a doctor. So I'm going to go get a gun. You know what I mean? Right. Or, you know, being the kid that's like i don't know how to i don't know how to articulate what's wrong with me because i don't understand it i mean that mm -hmm. was where i was at as a kid me too like i had no fucking idea what was wrong with me like right. i had everything going for me being being a, an insanely smart student in school and having all of these awards and recognitions by the time i'm a sophomore in high school right and i couldn't i couldn't articulate number one why I felt sad and in pain all the time. Right. And why, what was wrong with me? I didn't know that. I didn't know how to number one, talk to anybody about it. Or number two, that, you know, what I was experiencing was actually really dangerous. Yeah. You know, well, and, and I appreciate that you got help because I, I love having you here. I am. I'm glad that I got help. Me I mean, too. You know, it's one of those things where having that available to people is going to be one of the things that helps change the the current mm -hmm. uh, the current flow of energy in this country, to say the least. But yeah, and just on the other side of that, I knew exactly the things that caused me to be depressed and anxious and have a low self-esteem. My issue was 
getting my head to believe that that what happened to me didn't define who I was, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there, I mean, there's two sides of the same spectrum and Mm -hmm. I just think people, people need that. And I'll tell you, you were right because my first therapist, I fell asleep in his office. He'd ask me, so what's, what's wrong? Oh, I don't know. Why'd you do this? I don't know. And then I'd fall asleep, you know, and I get, I just didn't get the therapy I needed, but as I pursued it, I found people that really could, I could resonate with, you know, that's, that's what's important is that everybody thinks that, Oh, well, if I go to one therapist, that this is going to be the end all be all. No, no, because every therapist has a different method and well-trained therapists might have multiple methods. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes, you, you know, you do have to go more than once in order to figure out if, if this particular therapist is working for you. I've had to fire therapists. Yeah. It's kind of, and it's, it's no different than going to your doctor. If something's wrong and your doctor's not listening to you, find a different doctor who will. Yeah, right. I just you went know, through that, yeah. You know, and then on top of that, you, you know, unfortunately, we also have a, a strange issue of, you know, people who need to be heard are not being heard and so you end up having to send someone in to advocate that's Once right. again friend of mine her her 97 year old grand uh, mother who knows her body body very well was not being heard wouldn't be heard by her wouldn't be heard by you know her uh, uh, uh by grandmother wouldn't be heard by the daughter nothing no doctor would listen to her right. so she called up a friendly white dude and said i need someone to talk to this doctor for me took a white dude be like no this is not normal this is this is why this is not normal you need to investigate something else this dude had no any any no idea of who this person was that they were advocating for right they were just doing it we need more because and and within 24 hours the issue was resolved and then when another issue came up yet again this person was not heard the daughter wasn't heard they called up white dude again white dude went in and advocated and within 24 hours that issue was resolved again that to me is profoundly screwed up it is just for the simple fact that that lady can't have a continuous healthcare system. Her doc, her doctor, if she has to go to a new doctor, isn't going to know all of her symptoms the way the doctor she's had all of her life know has. You know. Well, and and the fact of the matter is, is the fact of the matter there is, is that they had to bring in a third party, who mm-hmm. literally knew nothing about this person's health condition, had to get up to speed, and advocate for somebody else. Right. That's absolutely insane like if you can't listen to the person who owns the body right and is telling you that this isn't normal what the hell is going on (laughs) right and you got to trust that person by the way because i think the the whole scam system is people in trouble turning to a third party that scams them so that's that's a real issue in this country you know, and, and like for me, every time I go to a doctor, the first thing that they want to do is prescribe me opioids. And I'm like, no, God damn it. I right. don't want those. It's like, right. my shoulder is killing me because there's a permanent separation in it. The pills do not fix the shoulder. In fact, the yeah. pills make me want more pills and that creates an entirely different issue altogether. And now you Keep have my two shoulder issues. fixed right. in order to get this taken care of. Yeah. I, and I, unfortunately, I, uh, I'm going to 
say so shout out to my uncle Tom, who unfortunately just had a massive stroke oh, um, and is now going to be in the uh, disability pool, unfortunately. There is, there, uh, there, it's a long road, but there is recovery to it, Uncle Tom. Uh, um, unfortunately for him, he will never be walking again. He had the worst form of heart attack he could ever have. Okay. And he has lost movement on his left side. He will not walk again. I, my, and, my father-in-law lost all, all, everything on his left side. He used a cane. He hobbled. He, he got around like it, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a long recovery to normal and it'll be a new normal that you find, but thank, thank God he's alive. Right. And, and like, apparently with the, 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 the heart attack stroke that he had, um, mm-hmm. apparently it, it has an 80% mortality rate and he laid on the floor for an entire day before he was found. Ooh, the 24 hours are so important. The first so, so the fact of the matter that he's even alive is incredible, but you know, but also too, it, it also goes to speak to my family because one of the first thing he says was, well, I guess I can't feel anything in my left side and I can't move anything. And that's just going to be the way that it is. So I guess I'll be all right. I was like, God damn it, uncle Tom, really? You're cracking puns now. Right. Ah, that's so funny. That went right by me. <laughs> and then, and then he was told that, uh, you know, he's not going to be able to walk again and that, you know, his life is going to be in a wheelchair from here on out. And he goes, guess I'll just roll with it. I'm like, you ah, that's so funny. But that, once again, my family can't take anything seriously. We're all practical jokers and, and yeah. pun artists. So, you know, in, in a moment like that, it's, it's good to have a sense of humor, but you know, now his world has shifted. Luckily, you know, he worked in the hospital system. So he understands some of the issues that, you know, are going to be facing and, and mm-hmm. in terms of recovery and in terms of life after recovery, uh, yeah. you know, and that's, and that's, you know, he's got a long road ahead of him, but mm-hmm. he can still le- lead a very full life. Oh yeah. You know, it's just that now, you know, that, that dynamic has changed for him. And the question <laughs> becomes, you know, like we've talked about, you know, does, will he have the same rights as like, someone like me? No. And that's unfortunate because there, there shouldn't be any question about whether or not you and I have the same rights to access or whether or not my uncle and I have the same rights to access. It's just what that looks like. That's all. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that unfortunately means that, you know, there's a, there's a fight ahead and making sure that, you know, what he is going to access, he can actually access. Hell yeah. And whatever we build for uncle Tom to access his stuff, it works better for people that don't need it. Don't, don't need to rely on it. I always go back to texting started for the deaf and now look at us, you know, but right. here's something about uncle Tom that I think people need to know because I, I had this revelation this week and it is nothing. I had a terrible week, Jeffrey. I was stepping on third rails all over the place. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and yeah. honestly, the, what I came to a conclusion of was as bad as this week was, it will never compare to the worst weeks I've had in my life. And there's a, there's something special in that. And uncle Tom knows that, that mm-hmm. the worst weeks he has ahead aren't going to be nearly as bad as the weeks he's had in the past. And he overcame those. He'll overcome yep. that, you know? <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> I mean, the guy has certainly experienced some of the worst that life has had to offer. 
And the fact that he's in as high a spirits as he is right now really <laughs> says something. You yeah, know? He didn't die. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is you're dead and you don't know. <laughs> like, so is that, is, is that the worst thing that can happen? Because at least if you're dead, you don't have to show up to work on Monday. That's what I'm saying. Like everybody but, says death is like the, the worst part of the spectrum, life or death. Right. But if death is the worst thing, you're not around to see it. And so if he survived being paralyzed and is happy, he's golden. He's golden. He'll be good about anything. Go ahead and give him a food he doesn't like. He'll still eat it and he'll still smile because he's alive to do it. You know, and that's, and, and for me, that also gives me like a, a level of excitement of, you know, what, what are we going to see for anybody in this, in these time frames? you know, in order to help make them more mobile, mm-hmm. you know, for example, yeah, he's not going to be able to do things with his left hand anymore. He's not right. going to be able to do things with his left leg anymore, but now what's, you know, now what's going to happen, you know? we've seen things like wheelchairs that allow you to transition into standing up and being stable. Yes. So that way you can reach stuff. Right. So he's, you know, so that we know that there is absolutely something out there or maybe, maybe during this time we figure out that there's something that we can do with the brain that helps kickstart some of that motor function again. Right. The reality is, is that, even in the most desperate of times, there are still things out there that are happening that, while they might not return you to a hundred percent, there are things out there that can at least get you close or closer than you are current. But let me give you a take on that with government, governmental turning to a governmental agency to get you the assistive technology allows, um, a body that has more money than the average person to pay for that technology, increasing the costs for everybody, excluding people that don't have the money to get it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just, I think this stuff needs to be more accessible to the people that can't afford it, but not being paid for by governmental agencies that can afford it. I think they need to get the cro- the price, the price point down to poverty. <laughs> before before you start distributing it through through a governmental agency and that's and that's just it is is that one of the things that we have certainly talked about multiple times is, is that with with anything that the government touches they they make the expense go up and the quality go down because mm-hmm. anything the government touches is always going to be at the hands of the lowest bidder Ooh. whether or not that's a good thing you know, I mean, even John Glad said the same thing. I'm strapped to a rocket where every piece of it was made by the lowest bidder. Right. I you know, been, before it went into orbit. And that's and that in and of itself is a, a wild and crazy part of this. But I have a note on this somewhere. When, when it comes to adopting anything, like, for example, you know, big piece of news is, is that the U S and China, despite their, you know, dick measuring contest over Taiwan <laughs> have agreed to work together in terms of, you know, the climate crisis. Good. 
great. You know, to me, that's the us versus them that we need in this world. Right. You know, I want to. I want us to beat the Chinese to you know have Detroit be the electric motor city. Mm-hmm. I want us to. I want us to beat China in terms of capacity for solar production. I want us to beat China in terms of even being able to provide you know clean, safe nuclear energy through through new new reactor systems. Of course, I want us. I want us to leave them in the dust in that regard and take that technology and produce it for the world. Yes, I do. But too. I also need China to be doing the same things under their own belt and trying yep. to do that. I'd like Russia to step in. I'd like the European Union to step in. Hell, I'd love to see Africa get involved in this India. and try and beat yeah. it. India get involved and beat us. I this that is a competition that I want us all to have. Mm-hmm. I want the, I want to see who's the winner in that. Yeah, but I, I I just think we're spending our money on. Oh man, I had a note, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go off topic about this and and say, you know, Joe Biden did something interesting and passed a stimulus package of what 1.9 million dollars, but then he also went and stopped uh, the Afghanistan conflict, which was costing us trillions of dollars. So, in a way. He's kind of paid for that. And the corporate tax for infrastructure, which I believe that Amazon should be paying for the roads that they use, <laughs> is going to be paid by the corporate uh, tax hike, which isn't very high to me. And that's going to go like, from like, what, 22 to 28 percent or something like that uh, from 21 to 25. Yeah, 21 to 25. But that's not I mean, that's not that's not bad. And the only reason that Amazon made so much money is because they weren't contributing to this stuff. So I don't have a problem for them paying their fair share. I don't like the way they, they treat their employees, by the way. And I got some um, advice for an Amazon employee that was the only one in the warehouse because everyone else quit because they couldn't handle it. Don't get a job at Amazon. <laughs> like, please don't like It's not a good place. It's just right now. It's not a good place. It's even, it, even in my world, it was a well-known secret that if you could survive Amazon for two years, you'd get a hell of a bonus. And most people had their resume ready to send out the moment they got their bonus. And they were getting the hell out of there. I believe that. And it goes for a lot of companies, a lot of assembly companies. <clears throat> well, that was just even in the software world. Yeah. Like oh, they were just God, like yeah. they were just like as soon as they got their bonus, they were getting the hell out. And it's <laughs> and I'm like that's rough. So that's really rough. I'm going to go back to um, the protests in Minnesota. Protests because, in Minnesota. Because I have oh. an opi- I have an opinion on something, and I don't know why I am the voice on this, but I've been watching the protest, and um, the protesters, they are totally right. They're totally right. What they're doing and why they're doing it. It's totally right. But what they're doing is they're going about it in the total wrong way. So what they're trying to do is show oppression and that this oppression negatively affects them. And what they're doing when they're on camera is throwing things and being violent to their oppressor, which then turns their oppressor into the victim, which makes people want to support the victim. What you need to do is watch Gandhi. And what you need to do is stand silently, just stand. And when that tank comes rolling up to you, stand silently because they know why you're there. You don't need to shout. 
You don't need to threaten. You need to stand silent and prove that this guy with the tank is going to run over you. That's how oppressive he is. And that two, two people dying because of a RV or a tank or a tear gas gun or a rubber bullet will advance your cause more than throwing pop can frozen pop cans at cops. And so you need to learn how to protest because you're, you, you're totally right. You're totally right. But like in hockey, the retaliatory punch is the one that gets the penalty. And you need to know this because you're making yourself look bad. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, even if you look at what Dr. King did, you know, he got it from Gandhi though. Right. You know, but that's going to be our closest lesson here in the United States in how we handled things and how it worked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is one of those things that's very important. Anything that you do that turns your oppressor into a victim immediately, immediately moves the cause against you. And that's the yeah. unfortunate, that is, that is just the unfortunate truth in this. But it's, whether a, rule, or not that, it's a rule of life though. It's, it's a, a consequence sort of. Well, and whether, and, and that's the worst part is, is that whether or not that violence is, is, is right, uh, right and righteous is unfortunately ne- uh, negated yeah. when you turn your oppressor into the victim because people are looking for a reason to support the cops they're supposed to be there to protect and serve us that's not what's happening so when you give people a reason to support them and defend them by violence against them and giving them a reason to go out and arrest protesters. That's the worst part because we all know what they're doing is wrong. We all know that violence is the voice of the unheard, but it, in the eyes of the people that you need to convince, not the eyes of the people who already believe you, the eyes of the people that you need to convince you become the problem, not the cops you and we saw that time again last year where there is they're not wrong they're not wrong in being angry and they're not wrong in being violent they are their their anger is so justified it is so very justified but the moment that you make these cops look like the victim Mm-hmm. one group of people just immediately goes to their defense and that is not helpful you make those make those cops look violent yes yeah make them make them prove exactly what you're saying right. especially in the face of mass protests yeah just stand there that's what i say you don't you don't need to you don't need to speak a word just you being there in mass says it all you know right you had it. George Floyd, everybody saw it. And But then oh, what was the complaint? Well, you need to stop the violence and looting. Well, you just gave them an excuse to pivot away from your point to their point. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. I love that. All right. So here's a good one. And I saw this. This is based on a TikTok from a police officer. So you might like this. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Why do we need police? Why do we why why do we need an armed officer to issue traffic tickets and citations? Hmm. 
I can only figure out one example and I can debunk it. So I'm just kind of like this officer was like, why do you need me? If, if somebody has a weapon, you call SWAT. If somebody's having a mental illness issue, you call somebody else, but you don't need me walking up to your car with a gun telling you your brake light is out. And the only way, the only thing, the only reasoning I can come up with is I need a gun because I think they might have a gun. Mm -hmm. And so, but here's the thing you, you created procedures to ensure that even if somebody has a gun, that it's not in their hands before you even get into a vulnerable situation. So you don't need it. And honestly, if somebody has a gun and they're intending it on using it on an officer, you're shot immediately. And if they have a gun and they're not intending on shooting an officer, it's hidden. (laughs) So my point is... And you're pulling them out of the car with their hands up, assuring that they have nothing and you're patting them down and you're restraining them. And your every scenario is to ensure that they don't have a weapon. Then why do you need a weapon, a gun? So this is, so this is an interesting one where I I actually have a couple of different perspectives on this one. So I'm going to start with something that happened in college. Okay. So I had a, I had a friend from Kazakhstan um, who went to school in Montana, um, and probably one of the coolest people I'd ever met spoke, what, seven different languages. It was incredible. So he got the latest world of Warcraft expansion at the time. Nice. So excited to get home and play it. He was speeding when he got home or he was speeding to get home and get it installed. He got pulled over for speeding. Mm-hmm. Now, in Kazakhstan, where he's from, when you get pulled over, you are actually supposed to approach the cops. Okay. You're supposed to get out, you know, have your hands so that way you can see him. So he got out of the car, you know, he got out, had his license and his, his registration in his hand. Cop drew a gun on him, told him to get back in the car. Wow. So he, you know oh shit okay gets the car cop holsters his weapon and then is already nervous and scared from this incident so when the cop goes has him try to get his insurance he's nervous and makes a lunge for the glove box gets his gun gets a gun drawn on him again twice right, got his gun right. got had a gun drawn on him twice and he was lucky not to get shot number one, but number two, he was lucky because the officer that pulled him over was also a giant world of Warcraft nerd and let him Uh, off with a warning, despite having his gun drawn twice on this kid. Okay. So that difference between how cultures look at how you're supposed to approach the police for getting pulled over. Sure. Like to him, he was just like, okay, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I was, you know, this is what you do in my country is honestly, he didn't come here and get pulled over day one to learn that lesson. This is his moment to learn how America treats, you know, Mm -hmm. traffic. Yeah. So literally, you know, he's got, he's got his license in one hand and his registration in the other. So he's literally just walking up like he was supposed to do in his, in this other country, which also kind of makes, I like it. Like, <clears throat> I like it the way he did it, you know, 
Right. You know, that's, that's how it's, that's how it works in their country. But in ours, that got a gun drawn on him. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, clearly, you know, if he's got a license in one hand and a registration in the other, <clears throat> he drawn a gun on you real quick. And so that, that gun you're saying just pretty much could have only escalated a situation that didn't need to be escalated. Right. Okay. So, so there's that. You know, maybe the conversation we need to be having is what is the procedure that actually makes sense that would, number one, make officers safer in in how they approach traffic stops. Right. And number two, make it so that way people who have to interact with a traffic stop is also safe. Right. That's, that's a, I think that there might be something that we need to look into there because to me, it's like, Hey. If you have to get out with a license in one hand and your registration in another and just stand in front of your vehicle, you know, mm-hmm. or behind your vehicle, just so that way it's like, Hey, got you out there. Just make sure, you know, everything's good to go. Yeah. Obviously if, if you run a plate and somebody's got a warrant, you're probably not going to be doing this, this stop solo. But can't we, can't we update the, the license plate to contain um, Bluetooth information, QR information, so that the cop doesn't need to even pull the person out before they get all their information. I'm sure I mean, that technologically speaking, like we're, I mean, we're getting better at technology that can read things. Clearly. Right. I mean, Google lens, but that's going to number one, that's going to be an expense that that's going to be a technology that has to be. So uh, is the seatbelt. So is the backup camera. So is all the, you know, this parking. I'm not saying that it's, parking. I'm not saying that it, it's not going to, I think it's going to get developed. I think that it's, but it's, it's going to get developed and the taxpayers are going to have to approve it. And that's just the, the I, hope so. I hope I, so. And but... I think that's, and, and, and I think that, you know, makes as, you know, as much sense as cops having body cameras on them at all times and turn on at yeah. all times, sure. you know, it, you know, technology has gotten so good that, you know, you can, you can now have these tiny cameras that record in super high quality Yeah, and, and it's fantastic and storage. I mean, literally you can get terabyte, you know, micro SD cards. So, right. you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't like what it once was where it was like, you know, a 512 kilobyte USB drive <laughs> was like 200 bucks. Right. It's like all of this stuff might cost 200 bucks together. (laughs) Right. But I think there's, I don't even know if that's something that's being considered. You know what I mean? That's my issue is I think that. That's hard to say. The people we put in charge are either overthinking it or underthinking it. I don't think they're thinking about the simplest solution. I think they're just thinking about their wildest imagination and trying to fix everything at once. When maybe this, this situation takes a four part process of removing the gun identifying people easier and creating a procedure for somebody to get out of their vehicle that ensures the police officer's safety right and so so in that's the other thing too is is that however we do this we have to do it in such a way that it ensures both parties safeties and both parties rights like for example uh, just because you get out of your car doesn't mean that you're that the cop magically has the right to search your vehicle 
that's not happening things right. like that it's like whether or not you have anything in your vehicle that doesn't matter unless there's a warrant you ain't searching shit if you have a car and you haven't learned your rights then that's on you right. <laughs> like exactly. police use every tactic possible to get information and you have to know that if you're answering their question it's only to continue their investigation not to exonerate you you know exactly and then you got and then so so by coming up with an actual solid procedure that would help keep everybody alive mm-hmm. that would be uh the best decision uh, i think for everybody's safety yeah because clearly as it stands right now people are dying sitting in their car philando castile yeah. is one jacob blake is another you know yeah. he's not dead but dante then, Wright. Uh, dante yeah dante it's in his car dead I mean, so whatever we do, it has to be something that is going to present the safest option for all parties involved. Yeah, and I got experience number two now was me last summer. I got pulled over. I thought I was. Yeah, it happens. Who pulls over a white guy? Well, I was a white guy in Montana with Washington plates, and okay. apparently they've had they've had problems with people from Washington <gasps> running weed over to Montana. Methods, I got it. Well, you know, so I am. I thought I was doing the speed limit at the speed limit sign. Apparently, I wasn't, and hmm. I got pulled over. I have a I have a concealed weapons permit, okay. but my concealed weapon also resides where my license and registration are. So, you know, I sit there and wait and the officer comes over to the side and asks for license and registration. And I handed my license and my concealed weapons card and said, sir, I have a gun in the glove box that it's loaded and ready to go. There How would go. you like to proceed? And he just, he kind of sits there for a second. He goes, he goes, take it out and put it on the dash. And so he just, you know, he has his hand on his holster, obviously, mm-hmm. and he's got a, He's got his flashlight on the sure, you know, sitting there on the, on the glove box. And I just opened it up and I set my gun on the glove box and grabbed my registration and my insurance and hand off to him. And I said, what would you like to do with that? He goes, Oh, you can just leave it there. But I understand that that is a right that's afforded to me. I can't say that that right would be afforded to anybody else in that situation. Right. That was a cop specific scenario. Right. Well, and I'm also kind of a white dude. <laughs> yeah. There's... That's what I'm saying. The cop, cop specific, that specific cop w- let right. you, but you know, there might be another cop. Like I see this video and the cops, like, you got any guns on you? And the guy's like, no. And he's like, let me go get you one. You can't be in this neighborhood without one. You know? So, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and so, you know, that's just it is, is that, even for people who have concealed weapons, especially like where I have a permit, like you are absolutely under no obligation. This is one thing that people don't know is, is that if you have a concealed weapon, you're under no obligation to tell the cops that you have one. Now, having cops that are family members and having worked with people who were once cops, what I can say is, is that, you know, that initial disclosure of, hey, here's my permit. You know, here's my concealed weapons permit. I have a gun in the car. Right. This is where it's located. You know, how do you want me to proceed? Let them make the decision. Yeah. And that way, 
at least in my case, I didn't end up getting shot, and neither did my sister who was sitting in the car with me. Right. Of course, my sister's my sister's asshole was pretty well puckered because, number one, we're pulled over. Number two, she's like, you had a fucking gun in the car? I'm like, dude, yes, I had a gun in the car. Have you yeah. seen the way things are going recently? I ain't fucking traveling without one. But also, I want to preface that by saying you're right. There is nothing that a black person can do in a traffic stop that ensures their safety. There's no, there's no routine that they can follow that a police officer won't deem erratic. Like the Marine right in mm-hmm. South Carolina that drove yep. to a, a, a bright spot, pulled over. What the hell was that? And so I think to myself, I'd rather be the cop that gets shot in the bulletproof vest and has to go to the hospital for a cracked rib instead of the cop that loses my job and goes on trial for murder. Because I shot somebody too fast, you know. What but I mean? that's, um, but that's, a, I would say that's a grand difference between places where you're living. Because mm-hmm. in Minnesota, that cop is on trial, yeah. and the next cop's going to be on trial, yeah. <laughs> unless they're, unless they plead out. They, yeah, she had her first Zoom, uh, yep. uh, court proceeding already. But in, but in places in the deep south, yeah, I and that, don't. You just described Jim Crow, by the way. You just exactly. described Jim Crow. If people don't know what Jim Crow is, it's just what he said. Yep. And so that's, it all just depends on where you're at too, because you know, in Montana, like we've got a ton of guns per person. Like that's oh, yeah. just, that's just the way it is. So even then, you know, as someone who grew up in Montana, it's like knowing, you know, I mean, for God's sake, there were times where I'd go hunt and I had a gun sitting in the freaking back window of my truck. I got pulled over and it's, and, and they didn't even care. Right. Because, because it's very different where I grew up. It's like, I mean, we had to have a school assembly where the principal like, cause for the love of God, you guys, you can't be parking on school property with your guns. Right. It's like, where do you want us to park? Well, across the streets, not school. It's like, what you're saying is you want us to move our vehicles 20 feet uh, yeah. okay fuck it sure to, to an unsecure location that isn't being monitored <laughs> <laughs> no i mean literally it was like it's like i'm over here mm-hmm. parked over here can't do that because i have a gun in my car right because the school but doesn't want to take right re- here but the school doesn't want to take responsibility for a gun that's on premises so they'd rather eliminate that by putting it in a riskier place on the it planet. wasn't even riskier that's the crazy part is it's, okay. it's where i grew up it's it's not like it was like oh no you got to like park two blocks down and it's out of sight it was literally right across the fucking street like here's one side of the like here's one side of the street where right. the high school is here's the center line of the road here's mm-hmm. the other a- a side of the road you can right. park over here Exactly. Literally, all I had to do was walk across like a basically a one lane street. Love it. And and uh, that was okay. It's like you've got to be fucking kidding. I wouldn't want to live in Montana without a gun, by the way. But I have no problem living in Tallahassee without one. You know. I mean, the thing about living in Montana with or without a gun is, like, it's. And what else are you gonna do, Jeffrey? I'm not saying to defend myself. I'm saying I'm so bored in Montana. What else am I gonna do? You know. Why do you think we go hunting so much? Right. (laughs) God knows how many times I'd be like, I'd drive home with my shotgun in the trunk, and I'd be like, maybe I'll see some birds on the way home. (laughs) Oh, hey, sweet! And I'd just, you know, grab my orange and my 
grab my orange and my my shotgun bag a couple of birds get back to my car you know breast them out right there and voila it's like sweet and everybody's going holy shit this fucker's a redneck (laughs) (laughs) exactly right it's like these these girls down here are always like i love to go fishing i'm not judging a girl she's so bored she knows how to fish i'm going with her (laughs) hell yeah but that's just it you know like it is fundamentally different where i grew up from where i live now right like having a bunch of guns where i grew up meant that number one you know i had a handgun that i took with me in case i ran across like a badger number two uh you know i had a couple of different rifles one was like a varmint gun my 22 and the other you know was my hunting rifle for for deer and antelope i had a shotgun well we didn't have pigs we didn't have pigs out where i out where i lived um and then I had my shotgun that I used for, you know, I, I could go duck or goose hunting, but uh, the best recipe that I ever had for duck goose was you cook the duck on a piece of plywood with all the seasonings that you could ever want. Then you throw the duck away and you eat the plywood. Oh my God. No, go take your duck to a Chinese restaurant and tell them to deep fry it. Mm, well, Sorry. Food duck and wild duck, very different tastes. I'm okay. sure, especially if you're trying to pull the pellets out of it. Well, if you're pulling the pellets out of it, then you suck at shooting. <laughs> There's nothing worse than shooting a bird and being like, oh, fuck, I totally just ruined the breast meat on that thing. Exactly. But, you know, with, and, and that was the thing, like, you had a variety of guns because you're not going to take down, you usually weren't going to be taking down an elk with the same gun that you were using yeah. to take down deer and antelope. My 243 was not going to be taking down an elk. Right. And you don't want to be close enough to take down an elk with a 22. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you couldn't, you couldn't go shooting. You couldn't go shooting big game with a 22. Right. Just because it was, that was deemed cruel and, and, uh, and inhumane. Exactly. But you also, you also weren't carrying a small, you also weren't going to carry a small gun with you. If you were going to go out hunting in the mountains, because you run across the bear, you want something that you're going to put the first five shots into the bear. And if that don't stop it, the last one's for you. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But you want a small arm just in case you need to finish something off because you don't want it suffering, you know? <laughs> and and I've had to do that. And that's, you know, and that's just it. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the Red Dawn scenario of Eastern Montana was never going to fucking happen. Right. You know, people get out there and be so goddamn bored. It's like, why are we trying to invade this? Oh, Christ. I just want to kill myself. Yeah. You know, my philosophy on hunting is if I had to do it, I'd be vegetarian, but people that do it to eat, I'm perfectly okay with. If you, if you can do that, then do that to survive. There is a issue in the Arctic circle right now against commercial hunting of seals and uh, the Inuits Inuits are getting caught up in it and they're trying to draft the legislation to ensure that Inuits don't, they can't, you know, they can't do this, but you got to remember that a lot of vegetables don't grow up there and they have a Mm -hmm. mainly meat diet. So Mm -hmm. a commercial, a commercial vessel trying to kill seals for profit is different than a family that's going to use that seal to feed itself for the rest of the year, you know? Absolutely. Like even in Montana, you know, we, you know, our tag system that we had allocated the number of tags based on the population that we saw. And when population would get too high, we'd allocate more tags. Right. Because there was, there was a year I took five animals. Good for you. 
you know, couldn't, couldn't process them all and eat them all ourselves. So, you know, we don't, you, you, in Montana, you could actually donate a game animal. So as long as you're not wasting it, that's fine. I've had family that they live off of the deer that they go and hunt. I have Mm -hmm. gone to meals and had venison steaks or venison sausage and cheese Mm -hmm. that they made. And I, I'm not saying everybody should do that. I'm just saying that people do that and shouldn't be criticized for that. You know, I loved, I loved having a peppered deer sausage. Oh, me too. It is. It's really good. My uncle gave it to me for the ride home and it never made it back to the house. (laughs) So you know, we made a a breakfast peppered deer sausage that you, you fry up and cut up and, oh man, so good. So good. I just had a salami, I guess. But, you know, that's, and that's the thing though, is, is that rural, the difference between rural and city is, is night and day. You know, if you're living in the city and you got a bunch of guns, people tend to think that you're crazy, not necessarily a hunter. Right. But that said, you know, if you feel like the government is going to be coming after you because you are a certain way, Mm -hmm. does that make you, does it make you crazy to not own guns? If you think that the government is willingly going to oppress you, I guarantee you that in all of this, you know, no matter what legislation ends up getting drafted, somebody's going to get screwed. MAGA is not giving up their guns. End of story. It's not going to happen. That nobody will gonna... literally pry them from their cold, dead hands yeah. if that's the route you choose, and that is going to be a bad decision. Nobody's gonna, nobody can possibly consider drafting legislation to actually take guns, because there's no way that you could account for every gun. All you can do is stop the production of a gun, maybe, or mm-hmm. de- regulate it out of existence. You know, like, regulate it like you did to the tobacco industry, and leg- leg- legislate it into obscurity. That's all you can do, you know but you can't prevent what's already here right you know the when you look at other countries they didn't have the same rules and they didn't have the same uh, abilities that we did right. so it, it is easier for them to be able to control the flow of guns mm-hmm. in their countries it's yeah. entirely different it's kind of like how their systems have already developed you know certain socialized educations and healthcare systems and why as much as those things could be possible in this country like mm-hmm. in terms of like just the realm of possibility they will not happen because that's not how we founded our country that's not how laws work that's not how american laws work you know what i mean no if you don't like guns advocate for the removal of guns in your area and then keep expanding it as more people agree with you because when people disagree with you and there's a consensus that you don't have you're the loser in that debate (laughs) i would also make the argument that that's what they did in chicago and i'm watching how well that's worked Chicago is a fucked up place, man. You can't, there is so many variables in Chicago that you can't, you can't use that as a textbook example. Sean did that. You can't use that as Chicago as a textbook example of what's going on. It's not a, it's not, um, it's a, not as simple as I know that yeah. it's not as simple as, as that. It's not a closed experiment. What I'm saying, you know no, what I mean? Absolutely not. But it's also it's also a data point that makes a pretty good argument. Yeah, that Indiana fucking sucks. <laughs> Not that Chicago's bad. That Indiana has very loose gun laws that allows transportation into Illinois. That's the issue. It's not but Illinois. <laughs> it's but, but is that actually is that actually an issue for Indiana or is that an issue for Illinois? Because if Indiana has the rule that you can transport guns, 
it's Indiana can't say, no, you can't take that into Chicago, Chicago or, That's or, right. or That's Illinois. Right. Illinois has to say, no, nah, you can't bring that in here. Yeah. When we find it, we do, but that's the problem. I mean, we, I say it like I still live there. That's the problem. If 14 trucks go through packed with guns and the cops find two of them, well, guess what? You know, illegal guns are being sold all over Chicago then. And there's a, there's, there's, there's a system in place to, to make sure that happens just like drugs. There's, there's a system in place where people, there's a couple that you have to catch and the rest get to go out. Yeah. play in the street yeah no, and that's but that's just it is is that chicago also has a lot of other issues besides just the gun yeah. laws yeah some of the most old racist dinosaur cops out there and the worst fucking police union on earth you know what i mean so mm. yeah I, all right the, chicago is an example of why chicago needs to be dismantled <laughs> For like sure. that, like that is a mess in and of itself. Yeah, and I, I it's like stupid. If, if it's... there was ever, if there was ever, a, a, should we erase and start from scratch? Chicago should be yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we literally, they literally have a L called the red line. You know what I mean? And you can mm-hmm. ride on it and look at the the ghetto on one side and nice on the other side, and you better not get off a stop past where you should or you will die you know <laughs> it's a horrible place so all right we're we're running we're running so i got a i got something good that you'll like maybe let's, let's what do you got let's let's hear it so trolls right trolls I'm, ha- I'm having this issue with trolls so first of all to the troll you have these options where you can comment your hate, hate filled disagreement with somebody. You can unfollow them or you can block them. So if you're leaving this hate filled troll like comment, you're a troll because you had other options. And on the other side of the coin, if you're somebody that gets a troll response and you're not deleting it and blocking it and in fact addressing it, then you're gaining your attention from trolls. And so maybe you're a troll and maybe you're just encouraging them, which is actually what 90% of the internet is this trolls trying to get exposure by being trolls and troll responders trying to gain attention by beating the troll. When all you need to do is ignore each other, but trolls won't do that. And neither will the people that are in the right. Mm-hmm. So what do you what do you want me to say about this? <laughs> That's it. I just I just wanted to get that for like a like, like a TikTok uh, minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love I love I, like I love trolls in in just being one sure. uh, occasionally online, mainly because like uh, I I just I can't understand people's absolute willingness to uh, just think that whatever their party tries to do is obviously their, you know, their government being their friend. Oh my God. Yeah. I got, I got, I got yelled at by a Elizabeth Warren supporter. So Elizabeth Warren said, I'm calling for this. And I said, but it seems like accountability always ends at the call out. Maybe you should brag after you get their check and brag about the things that you've already done. And this person ripped me back and forth, calling me a dumbass, telling me I'm an idiot. And I tried to explain to them that criticism shouldn't be seen as disloyalty, but 
Democrats have this messaging issue where they want credit for things that they have not yet done. And so when they do not accomplish them, they look like lying assholes. That's the perception, Democrats, and that's what you need to work on. Republicans, on the other hand, say, look what I did. That's why you should elect me. And when they have, when they accomplish nothing, they say, I didn't because of them, but look what I did do when they weren't around. And that's why Republicans will always be more successful at messaging than Democrats. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's, uh, it's, you know, and on top of that, you know, I mean, you're, you're starting <laughs> to see that now within the Republican party too. Let's, let's just put this fucking out on the table right now did you see the america first caucus idea that was getting thrown around by by one of the yeah yeah, batshit yeah, yeah. crazies i'm not even going to mention their name right and how they were like you know how the the initial message was is that it would be unique to our anglo sac i was like i don't number one i don't even know that there are actually any anglo saxons left anywhere number one <laughs> any any um any and any what is it synonym of white right yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say uh, my my thought was is like are we now trying to find uh replacements for white supremacist in in the it's like it's like i was like my kid who accidentally wrote porn for uh, a project because they were trying to write something for an english project and they decided that they would take some of their keywords and use thesaurus.com to right. come up with different words. What they originally wrote sounded boring. What they meant to say was pretty neat. What they actually wrote was like porn. <laughs> and oh my God, it was so fucking funny. But that's basically what these assholes are doing, except they're not, yeah. you know, they're not even trying to hide the whole white thing anymore. The right. our Anglo-Saxon. I'm like, I'm sorry. What? Mm, that's the a tough fuck one. Are you on? I think that white people have the right to ad- advocate for their rights, just like any other group. I just think that violence and hurtfulness doesn't belong in it, you know, and so. For me, that's tough. For me, that's tough. But I, so, I have, I have been a, ma- a majority for fifty years of my life. You know what I mean? And the, I, my kind has been a majority since sixteen oh, wait, seventeen seventy six. Because I want to remind people of one thing before you talk. We came to a brown hemisphere. We were the minorities. We need to go back where we come from, not everybody else. <laughs> All right. And 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 I have to laugh at this whole Anglo-Saxon thing because I'm like, so this America First caucus and it's Anglo-Saxon, does that mean that I don't get to participate because I'm German and Dutch? Yes. Wow, that's unfortunate for me. If you want to see a great uh, a great troll, if you read Ted Lou's comments on that, I love Ted, Ted Lou. By the way, Ted Lou had the. F- fucking fire trolls uh the fire troll tweets just fucking going to town and it was it was so worth watching i love that you know and that's the thing is is like the some of these people are really showing their ass when they're when they're saying this ignorant bullshit and it's pretty impressive and that was a fuck up of all fuck ups and it was I was I I loved I loved absolutely loved the troll that happened and it was so worth it. 
but that that is just absolutely insane like the idea that this was uh, like we're going to have some type of you know ethnocentric version of our what the fuck are you even on right why are you trying to even go down that road it just doesn't make well and why are you trying to do it here i i i understand if you go to norway sweden one of those places you expect only white people to be and make a camp saying we're white people but coming to a brown hemisphere where the indigenous people are brown and saying here's where we're going to make our stand to me it's like israel landing in pakistan and saying now this is ours Idiots go somewhere else where you're not going to be attacked every day. You know what I mean? But that's me. And that's my simplified logic of horrible situations, you know? Well, and that's just it. Is, is that, that was insanely dumb. And how I, I am just absolutely amazed that uh, they're getting as bold as they are, you know, mm-hmm. with this whole attempt, you know, the fact of the matter is, is, is that, you know, yes, we came here to a Brown hemisphere but number two, our our democracy has been a cultural melting pot since its inception. Fuck yeah! And and the better that we get in bringing in things that make sense, the better it is for everybody. <laughs> Once again, as we've said a thousand times at this point, making sure that everybody has equal rights does not mean less rights for you. Right. Concentrate on the human rights, which will incorporate every other demographic that that's split and wedged. These wedges are created by politicians, not by people. You know what I and, mean? And the few that are created by people, you can see how small those, those things are. Yeah. You can see how small those demographics are. And it's like, Ooh, bad look, man. Bad look. Yeah. And the more the more white people, the more white people, black people can turn onto their side, the less white people there are to fight their side. <laughs> you know? So it's just common sense to train. And that's your job and that's my job. It's not mm-hmm. black people's job to try and convince white people. It's white people's job to try and convince white people. So it's our job to collect our own. Yes. All right. And that's you know, drink water, mind the business that pays you, and collect your own. <laughs> Hi to Lanny's Kitchen, by the way, which is in the chat. Did you have any um uh let me go with this? I'm just gonna give you my wrap-up statement. I'm tired of being an adult in situations with people that never had to learn to be an adult. Mm. Do you have any final statements? Because we're we're running. I'm I would say that I'm tired of having to reiterate the same point over and over and over again with people who willfully choose to ignore it. You know, I'm, I'm tired of having to be the person that explains that your logic makes that a person's logic makes zero sense. Like, like with, with COVID, you've got people who are terrified of, you've got people who are terrified of a vaccine that has a 0.00008% reaction not death reaction right but have no but are supposedly fearless over something that has like a two per you know a one percent mortality rate and has killed five hundred and sixty thousand people right that makes absolutely no sense it just goes to show that you truly do not understand what you're talking about you try to incorporate math and numbers in a way that clearly you do not understand and i'm tired of having to be your math person that says you are wrong this is why you are wrong 
just go ahead and say it. You're anti-science and you're an anti-vaxxer. Just say you're an anti-vaxxer. That's right. You know, save us all, save us all the time of trying to convince you. And I'm just going to meme dump you with, with, you know, troll, troll beams of anti-vaxxer bullshit. Because, I'm just going to let you go on your way without even knowing my opinion. You don't deserve my opinion. Yeah, or, you know, I'm just going to go on not dying of preventable diseases. That's right. And I'm going to have my freedoms. I'm going to be able to go to a baseball game. I'm going to be able to go places with that stupid vaccine card that I have. And other people aren't. But the, the really thing that amazes me about that is you're not going to take something that was American made and risk yourself on something that was Chinese made. As America first, that just sounds stupid. It was Donald Trump that... Um, initiated the vaccine protocols, so you would think that Donald Trump supporters would want it. But uh, whatever, go about your own way. It's here's the thing, Jeffrey. We could have an argument back and forth all day long, as well as as long as we continue to change the perspective of the argument. We're not fighting with the same perspective. I'm talking to you about a weather map of the Earth, but you're talking to me about human migration processes, mm-hmm. and and so. And if once we get that worked out, I'm going to talk to you about topological land masses when you're going to be talking about environmental catastrophes. And we're going to continue to back and forth our way through these conversations because we're never talking about the same thing, even when we're talking about the same topic. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's magical. It's It's magical. And, and unfortunately, you know, all we can do is collect our own. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Be the best people you can be. I love you, Jeffrey. Love you too. You take care. I will. I'll talk to you next week. Well, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully I get shot number two. Oh man. So we'll see how I'm feeling. I I am budgeting some time in case I don't feel well, because like I said, I think I had COVID at one point and people who are having stronger reactions to the shot are usually people who had it. So I'm budgeting myself some time. I did have, I had a stronger reaction to my second dose. I never told anybody about that. I was super dizzy, vertigo like dizzy and super tired, but I had that other blood sugar issue going at the same time. But my friend got the second shot. He's 400 pounds and nothing happened to him, but you might, you might appreciate the second shot gives you this ability like Superman to anti-gravitate whenever you want. I'm just looking forward to big pee pee, man. You got that. I don't know. The second dose made it ironically just way too huge, way too huge. Like people, a forearm. <laughs> yeah. People have been complaining like, no way you're not getting sex with that. You're not getting laid. And I'm like, ah, so I hope the swelling goes down a little bit. <laughs> well you gotta quit touching it for that to happen that's so it's never going down love you jeffrey <laughs> you take care, man. to those who would tear the world down we will defeat you this is our moment this is our time to those who seek peace and security we support you yes we can and to all those who have wondered if america's beacon still burns as bright tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not Place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, you're nobody.
as hard as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I, poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take it and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Podcast, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Potable, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. 
we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.